When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Where does creativity fit into compliance? In more places than you think. Problem solving, accountability, communication, and connection. They all take creativity. Join your hosts, Tom Fox and Ronnie Feldman on Creativity and Compliance, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. In this episode, Tom Fox and Ronnie Feldman take up the topic of debunking comedy and compliance concerns in compliance communication and training. We take a look at some of the most common objections that Ronnie hears when he's out talking with clients and potential customers and the responses that he gives to demonstrate why comedy can be a powerful tool for your communications and training. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again with Ronnie Feldman for another episode of Creativity and Compliance. Say hello to everybody, Ronnie. Hello, everybody. It's me, Ronnie. Yep, it's Ronnie. Uh, today, we're going to take things in a little bit different direction because I asked Ronnie to think about, um, obviously, over the years, we have talked about uh, creative use of communications, use of comedy, use of humor, and use of uh, things that typically a lawyer or perhaps a compliance professional would not think of as a communication. But now I want to ask you, Ronnie, can you apply those same strategies, tactics, and techniques to senior management all the way up to a corporate CEO? Yeah, I think so. I I think this is something that the more um, I talk to compliance professionals about their challenges and and, um, and and their ways of trying to influence the organization. It becomes more and more apparent that the, there's a need to influence leadership. There's a few of you and there's lots of them, right? So when you start thinking about the role of a compliance professional, I would put influence at the top. And particularly influencing leaders because you need them to help carry the message forward as you move from sort of a, a, a compliance 1.0 to a more mature compliance program. You're starting out pushing policies. You're trying to you do training and risk assessments and all that stuff. Um, and then you're trying to make those things better and more relevant. I think the most mature programs are then trying uh, are getting leadership involved in carrying that message forward on your behalf. Um, because we know that is where all the behavioral science says that influence comes from, you know, culture is being generated by your leadership and by the social environment. Um, and leaders have an influence on the social environment. So yes, I think the best way to influence leaders is to make it easy for them and to make it fun. Uh, and to me, this is obvious. I don't know if it's, uh, I, I don't, people can't see us, but you're smiling, Tom. Um, and I wonder why you're smiling, but I think it's, it's cause it's, it always comes back to people like to do things when they're fun. So if you give uh, a leader, uh, uh, you say, Hey, play this, uh, uh, 
training video for your team, they're going to be like, no, we're busy. We're trying to sell stuff, make stuff, do all that. But if you give them a video that's a fun story and a facilitator's guide and make it really easy and package them with, with the way to do it, they're more likely to carry it forward on your behalf. What do you think? So I'm smiling because initially I rejected your idea out of hand but then I realized this is the same message you've been saying for three years. And why can't we take the same strategies that you've employed successfully and put those on a leader or, you know, apply those to a leadership class all the way up to a CEO? I guess the really the so I shouldn't dismiss it because you've obviously had great success with the message of let's use humor, let's use comedy, let's use some different things um, to help communicate our values and so why shouldn't uh, a leader utilize those techniques? But in thinking about some of the CEOs I've worked with, not to say that they're particularly straight-laced, but they're pretty straight-laced, and uh, male and female. And uh, I don't know if they don't want to drop their mask of being a leader and, and pr- portray themselves as humans, or that once you get to that level, the, you know, the rarefied air of being at 14,000 feet changes your perspective um or maybe it's just my own um i don't want to say bias but the uh i grew up in a military kind of focused household so you have great respect for the chain of command and you know you don't go talk to the general until the general calls you so um i i just wonder if that would work but my default position in talking to you on one of these podcasts is you've made it work. So why I ought to listen, and if I ought to listen, I think the greater compliance community ought to listen. What do you say to all of that? All right. Well, look, there's a, there's a couple of things at play I've, as I unpack uh, your response there. The, uh, if senior leadership is not on board with trying to run a more ethical workplace you're screwed i mean like that i don't know that there's there's a whole lot to do with that there there except well let me say that there the, there is a solid business case anyone who's gone through these uh you know eci scce and all the other programs there's data out there that talks about why running a more ethical organization is better for the bottom line so uh, uh, that's not sort of my bailiwick, but I, I believe that to be true. I think most of the people who listen to this uh, believe this to be true. So y- your argument for talking to a, a CEO who doesn't care about compliance, that's a tough battle, but you need to arm them like anything else. They're interested in doing good business. So you, if you can prove to them it's good business, um, I think your your tactics are, are presenting data information that way. I do think that entertainment plays into that because any presentation is better when it has some some entertainment involved with it. So the the blood runs red at the highway, you know, kind of scare tactics are are not always the most helpful way to go. You got to balance the carrot with the stick, which is we um, like. I, I go back to uh, Amy Edmondson's book on psychological safety and. That's originally a book that's about uh, creativity and innovation. The most innovative organizations constantly bring up the idea that you need to bring bad news forward. This is the same message we need to talk about in terms of speaking up. So I would, if you're going to the most senior leadership, I approach them with stuff like that. Um, my initial premise is about 
how we can apply these things like more frequent communication, more empathetic communication, more fun communication to leadership so that they can carry it forward on your behalf. That's about packaging uh, as as much as it is about anything else because you have to make it simple and easy for them to do that. So these meeting in a box things are, are, are super important. I have a lot of clients who take our materials, wrap it around their training message and then give it to a leader and then they track that that leader has done that. That's a, a really effective way to do it and I just would make the argument that the best way to get them to do that is to make it interesting, simple, and fun. <laughs> Uh, and then oh, go ahead go ahead yeah so as much as important as a message from a leader is talking the talk i think the leader has a more unique responsibility to actually walk the walk because i think people will follow what a leader does more than they will simply what a leader says so it it strikes me could you use could you could you maybe sit down and get a leader to tell you two or three times where they've made a business decision to to not do business or not move to a certain customer or to do something that uh really emphasizes the company's culture of doing business ethically and in compliance as part of a story that then you could help craft them tell uh via uh, audio via video via a live message could could something like that work where the, the the either the leader or the company made really an ethical decision which cost them some some dollars or some money would would that work within the context of what you envision Ronnie yeah well so I love that you said that that's it's kind of where I was headed too we we did a bunch of projects this past year it's so interesting the pandemic like forced us to create content in so many different ways. And we ended up creating a whole bunch of different storytelling uh, shows, for lack of a better word, storytelling content, as well as talk shows over Zoom, over Teams. Um, and at the at the crux of it was getting leaders to tell first-person stories. Sometimes they had to do with work and sometimes it had to do with like a personal story in their everyday life about how their integrity was tested and how they grappled with it. And uh, I guess the thing that we brought to the table is uh, help them shape that story, help them um, get confident showing their vulnerability because a lot of leaders don't want to show that vulnerability. Um, and then we provided a, a entertainment comedic element to that so that it wasn't just a talking head video. So we would uh, interview them and maybe uh, ask them questions or give them prompts sometimes to give, make them smile and to make them relax so that it is more of a dialogue than a monologue. But at its core, it's getting uh, leaders to talk about these issues and how they had to struggle with them so that it feels like it's okay for everybody else to talk about it. I, I kind of think it's more important than any training that you, you could do. If you, I, I would argue that you should, uh, if you didn't buy any of the training vendors' content, <laughs> uh, including ours, and just did this every month, you'd be in a better place with your culture, uh, with your speak-up culture, because you're, you're you're showing that it's important to leaders. You're showing that it's okay, that sometimes it's hard, and that you have a safe place to go talk to. That's the message you want to get out there. Uh, I will say uh, I've talked to several companies who are doing something similar, not involving our, ourselves at all, uh, my company at all, but I talked to 
several companies that are doing podcasts now um, where they interview leadership. I talked to a company that was doing a version of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee where they had a uh, the compliance officer was interviewing different leaders in the back of a car. <laughs> Uh, and it's just the framing of it that makes it more playful and, and fun. I think that extra, adding that extra element of not just say getting a leader to do a talking head video because those can typically come off boring and preachy, and adding that uh, one more layer of framing in a in a in a story, framing it in a in a show, in a talk show, in a podcast, I think can carry it forward, and then doing a series of them. Um, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty powerful. What do you think? I have to say you persuaded me, Ronnie. Uh, <laughs> I think that uh, you uh, you really are onto something. And and frankly, I'm not sure we talk enough. Of, we, we talk about, you know, talking the talk and walking the walk. And we talk about the message from leadership. But we don't really get down into this type of, of tactical discussion on, okay, you've got to communicate the message, but how do you communicate that message? And you bring, you know, creativity, some humor, perhaps uh, some comedy, uh, or perhaps some real-world stories that the leader can relate as a personal experience, then you could help them craft that or, as you said, frame it in a way that makes it uh, even more powerful. So uh, I hope listeners will kind of think about these things and you know, you're still graded essentially on tone at the top by the Department of Justice, and that's evolved quite a bit now simply beyond tone. Uh, and this seems to me to be a way to to uh, satisfy many of those requirements in a way that can be quite powerful for the organization as well. We'll be right back with more on creativity and compliance after this word from our sponsor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, well, and you reminded me of something as I'm talking about this. This this job we did over the summer where we were getting these leaders to tell these stories. Um, I had forgotten about this, but it is it, – it, we didn't go into it with this idea. So we had a, a willing compliance department who came with this idea. We want leaders to tell stories. And then we were essentially creating a, you know, a fake show around it and interviewing them, interviewing them. But I realized that, that a lot of the work was actually subtly training the leader. So like uh, the leaders came there and go, great, what are we going to do this video? Um, I thought I would tell the story about uh, conflicts of interest and how we, um, you know, caught this person who was doing this and doing that. And, and they're basically being slightly dismissive about it. And we're, and we were like, uh, we kind of played in some ways the, the coaching uh, bad cop in a way, like we didn't want to go, no, that's the wrong idea. We were like, okay, so that's a good idea. But what do you think about, uh, telling a story about your kid's soccer game, you know, where it's, uh, or, or so somebody, uh, um, you know, you overpay, uh, someone overpaid and you returned it for them, you know, like so, something very personal to show 
like in our everyday lives where our integrity is tested and, and how you wouldn't put up with it in your everyday life. And, and they were like, oh, yeah. And we ended up talking about a different way to talk about the importance of integrity and how there's, they need to model that. And it ended up being almost a little coaching session for the leader who then their light bulb comes on. And then they're like, oh, I have the story. Oh, wait, I know the story. And they let their guard down and they they start showing their vulnerability and they start telling these really lovely stories. Um, so, gosh, maybe I need to sell this differently. Like, because it was almost like uh, we were <laughs> we were we were serving as a coach to the leader about why compliance is important and how to talk about it. And they end up being evangelists for it um, afterwards. I do have one other thing I want to talk about before we run out of time, but tell me what, uh, what, what your reaction now, is. Now, the, the best conversation I ever had with a CEO um, is when I sat down and explained to him his role in the compliance program. And he was an Italian fellow. He was here in the United States. Uh, but he was an Italian native, and he looked at me and said, oh, I'm the ambassador. And I said, that's it. Perfect. All you got to do is go out there and talk. And we were far from giving him the messaging, and that's where we fell down because he did need that coaching and the messaging. But it it seems to me that you could really work with a a compliance function and a chief compliance officer uh, to help him coach his CCO to be that ambassador in a way that he's a uh, CEO to uh, be that ambassador in a way that he's extraordinarily comfortable with and something that probably is second nature to him. Yeah. Well, like if we all use these words, uh, particularly in senior leadership, you hope that they're using these words about running the company the right way and our values are important, but you don't want it to be that boring talking head video that every company does and they slap it on the, in the front of a boring training. Like, I feel like that doesn't do you any good. I think the more we can, um, you know, get them to say it as a human being, um, the better. And, um, um, you know, like, there, there is the social science too. Of like, it's like the kind of thing where you have to, when you say that, um, oh, gosh, I haven't thought about this in a while. Like, if you are taking a test and you have to sign something that saying that you'll be honest, and you do that right before the test, you're more than likely to to do it. You know, uh, to to have that integrity. So by getting the leaders to say it, you're also kind of putting it in their head. They're like, oh, I've just gone on record, so I got to be doubly good. Do you know what I mean? Um, we have done uh, – you know, I'm a fan and a big proponent of improvisational training as a communication and leadership skill. So we've been teaching some compliance departments and some leadership departments about how to use the skills of an improviser to be a more empathetic listener, to be more uh, – uh, to create an environment of trust and support through your communication style. Um I think whether you use that methodology or not, I think the final message about involving leadership is giving them tools, resources, and training so they know what to do when people speak up to them. Um, some of this my company does, but the more I talk to others in the in the in the community, the more I think that. That this has to, this has to be done to, to to have a really effective compliance program. We got to be advertising the importance of speaking up all the time. You know, we got to get the words of integrity to the mouths of leadership so they can carry it forward. And we have to train those leaders so that they know 
how to deal with those issues and make resources very easy for them, even if, if the answer is when someone comes to them, call ethics compliance and get advice. Um, I, and again, I think that the more you make that training interesting and fun, the more likely they'll go through it and the more likely they'll learn something from it. Ronnie, uh, there was quite a bit more here than I had thought, and I think you've really persuaded me that not only is this a valuable exercise, but I think uh, you know we may have opened up a new business line for you. <laughs> uh, well, look, it's all about putting good ideas forward. I appreciate that. Like, it's putting good ideas forward. We will be one of the you know ways that companies help do that. But a lot of this, you know, companies are pressed for for time and budget, so sometimes it's easier to do it themselves. But when they're looking for outside help, I just can't emphasize enough. Simple, repeatable, fun uh, is the way to go. That's the perfect uh, way to end this podcast. You want to say goodbye to everybody, Ronnie? Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Creativity and Compliance. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.